Dub Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. With your host, Steve Katarzy. All right, so this is part two of the addictive foods discussion. In part one, we spoke about the similarity between food and drugs and just how closely linked they are between foods that pull you in to drugs and substances that pull you in, both in terms of the cravings that experience in a moment, as well as the withdrawals. We spoke about what those foods are in modern societies, the six categories, as well as what's going on under the hood within our bodies chemically and from a digestion perspective and neurologically that's driving such a strong association. In this part, we're going to be talking about hanger, what is it and how do you control it? But most importantly, we're going to be talking about the rehab plan. So how do we elegantly get you out of that addictive-like relationship you may have with certain foods today? So we'll cover that overarching plan and then we'll dig deep into some food specifics where the name of the game isn't elimination as much as it is replacement. So how do we replace the feel-good factor and the positive associations to addictive foods with foods which are known to be more nutrient-dense, healthier, and less likely to get us fat and have us binge? So by the end of this episode, you should be feeling really informed about the pull food has on us and that it's not just grit, determination, and willpower that has you lose weight. Whilst that's important, we must also acknowledge the hijacking we're allowing ourselves to undergo with the foods that we have in our environment and the foods that we choose to eat. Fix that, and losing weight becomes so much easier. I hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. Adaptation. In terms of like the rehab plan then, so... I had to think about this. I kind of mentioned this before, but the best way to kind of start rehabbing, right, <laughs> is you're going to have to deal with some withdrawal. Yeah. Um, you don't like go from like having loads of Coke to try and windle down to having half the amount of Coke and then a quarter of the Coke. Like, that's not really... What kind of cake are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like when you hear people go into like rehab clinics, like yeah. they typically go cold turkey and it's really, really hard. They might give them some like some medicinal simil similar chemical that creates mm -hmm. a similar thing, but yeah. they control it in a uh, like a clinical environment. Yeah. But for the most part, the best way to deal with addiction is to go cold turkey and abstain. Yeah. Work through the withdrawal. It's the most, it's the quickest way. It might not be the easiest way, it's the yeah. quickest way. So there so, are many ways of doing it, right? But that is, like you say, probably the quickest like, way. Like, you know, nicotine patches, you know, for smoking, they can help, but you're going to just draw out the process. Yeah. Whereas with food, the chemical association with food can wear off so much quicker. Yeah. So, for example, if, if, you're, if you have a lot of processed, highly refined sugars, so lots of sugary drinks, lots of sweets. You're going to have a candida overgrowth and you're going to probably have bacterial overgrowth in your small intestine and that's what's driving your need for these 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 sugars. If you don't have any sugar, and what I mean by sugar, the, the refined sugary yeah. stuff that you know has got loads of refined sugar, if you abstain for a couple of weeks and loads of people have said exactly the same to me without knowing the science, they've done it a couple of weeks of not having cakes and biscuits, all of a sudden, they realize they don't want them as much. Mm -hmm. The reason they don't want them as much is because the candida and the yeast bacteria in their gut have died off mm -hmm. or massively reduced. There isn't that chemical drive for that, that yeah. substance anymore. So step one of trying to distance yourself away from these addictive foods in the spirit of you being in better control of your diet, you know, having a more nutritionally dense diet, and more importantly in the context of what we're talking about, losing weight, yeah. is don't try and lose weight through sheer determination, sheer willpower, and just say logic will override everything. Yeah. I just got to eat, have my calorie budget. Yes, that's true. But you're doing yourself a disservice if you're continuing to eat foods yeah, that are hijacking your decision making. Mm -hmm. So if you can go a couple of weeks without these kind of foods, like wheat-based products, 
uh, and sweets are probably the biggies, maybe even cheese, you'll find that your relationship thereafter, when you start thinking about now, do I still want it? How much do I want? How am I going to manage that relationship? Changes massively. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. Is all it takes. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I, I know we're not talking about fasting here, but as an example, if you're, f- the research shows if you fast, if you just stop eating altogether and yep. you're doing, I don't know, a three day fast, let's say, you're better off to have nothing than, because ha- some people say, well, why don't you just have a little bit of food? But if you have a little bit of food, cravings are still there and therefore it affects the way that your body's working it makes it you're so still much undulating harder. your blood sugar levels yeah exactly whereas if you don't if you don't eat your blood sugar levels stay low cravings stay low, and therefore yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. so, that, so that's li- something i found the idea I of having a little bit of something yeah is really bad advice if someone's trying to deal with this kind of emotional relationship with stuff yeah any addictive substance, and it especially relates to food, mm-hmm. if you're trying to disconnect that emotional tie, yeah. you have to abstain for a period of time and then reevaluate your need and your relationship and how to deal with things in moderation. But right now, sure. you're probably not de- living in moderation. So you're going to have to go from moderation to nothing. Yeah, And as you say, fasting um, is another part of the rehab. I, I would say a good way to get started on kind of taking yourself out of this kind of Western diet where high refined sugars, too much yeah. gluten, that kind of stuff. I'd maybe go on a one or two day fast yeah. for the reasons you've just said. Mm-hmm. Like, like sign up to it mentally, sign up to it emotionally in. and go, okay, I know my body can go 40 days without food. I'm going to go one or two days. And I know after, the, after I miss breakfast and I miss lunch, which are going to be the hardest, then things, trust me, start to become easier because mm. your body starts to then use a different yeah. energy source starts using ketones your body starts to adapt yeah and it's using it's using the fat stores mm-hmm. and you find a really balanced energy level you found it yeah and doing that for a couple of days can start distancing yourself from these addictive foods sure yeah. but i wouldn't it's not a long-term strategy it's a one or two day thing you yeah, might yeah. want to do it's, it's good as it's kind of a good way of hitting the reset button i agree man um I would say to make your life easy, don't re- don't eliminate, but replace. So mm-hmm. if you're going to take, if you if you always have dessert and you always have a really high sugar dessert, going from having a dessert to no dessert might feel too much. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, if you want to create a sustainable relationship with food after this kind of like rehab period, you want to have patterns and formats of continuing a healthy relationship with food and eating mm-hmm. the right amounts so you might go okay i'm going from having a high sugary dessert so i'm gonna have a piece of dark chocolate and yeah. it's probably gonna taste bland and it's gonna taste really bitter but for a while for a while now i love dark chocolate mm-hmm. i love it but i hated it a couple of years ago yeah and i just coached myself to say dessert's a really important meal for me mm-hmm. it finishes off a day it gives me the reward i want how can I, instead of eliminating, how can I replace it with something that is significantly more beneficial with high cocoa, hardly any sugar, no dairy, but gives me the kind of sweet fix I need. And yep. as I adjust to its bitterness, all of a sudden it starts becoming sweeter because I've stopped the hijacking from that yeah. over-pollutant high sugar diet that I was having previously. Yeah. So replace, not eliminate where you can. Mm. Yeah? Instead Definitely. of, you know, re- you know, replacing your pasta maybe for you know vegetable type pastas like butternuts squash yeah um, yeah what do they call it or courgette and stuff like that because yeah you're gonna the sugars are gonna be a lot less and therefore but you're you're trying to maintain the food or the meal types as you can but change the profile dramatically so you can have a better relationship so i'll tell you a little story with um we tried to swap the pizza base out with cauliflower Oh yeah. So we made a cauliflower base. It was bloody horrible. Yeah. I, <laughs> it, it, I can't we, imagine it being too tasty. Yeah, I, I haven't eaten cauliflower since. <laughs> it was just cauliflower overload. We ate the pizza and we were like, God, I'm And there's cauliflower now. rice, right? Some people do that. Yeah. But I, I'm not keen. Like, so again, they're there the kind of things you can, things do. You can yeah. do. Um, but rice hasn't got gluten. So if yeah. we're talking about gluten removal, so you've got this you know, managing addiction, you might swap out pasta for rice you yeah. might swap out bread for sweet potato wraps 
Yeah. You know, think about mechanisms of reducing gluten, high sugar, crisps, you know, high sugary drinks with alternatives. You yeah. can have a nice um you can have a nice smoothie. Yeah. Which is made of whole foods you blend yourself that has enough like sugar, but it comes with Give the you fiber. That sweet taste, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So the ways of that. Um, the next thing is identifying emotional eating. So just bear in mind that if you've had a stressful day or you feel you need some comfort, quite often people go to food. Mm-hmm. Or you can have mind you can do mindless eating or distracted eating. I'm gonna stick the telly on, I'm gonna watch something, I'm gonna read my phone whilst eating. When that happens, it's a surefire way of overeating, having too much or reaching for food that you otherwise wouldn't have if you could just identify that you're emotionally eating. And I used to do this all the time. When I was really tired, I'd call Michelle up on the way home on the train and like, she's like, what do you fancy? Like, something big. <laughs> I need something big. <laughs> just, and just something, just and she's like, what, what do you want? Oh, I don't know, like, you know, like a big pie. <laughs> or make make me that spag bowl that you make really big portion of spag bowl loads of cheese on it or like she or she'd be like do you fancy some like sea bass with vegetables and you know um you know a little bit of rice like, nah. <laughs> no don't <laughs> like, give, give me stuff. something I, I would i would say no not that give me chicken with like a sauce over the top with some chips lots of chips yeah and you know because i'm trying to create the conditions that i feel that i'm going to make me happier yeah so just identifying that a lot of what we can do when we're stressed or we're tired or we're just emotionally kind of in a kind of like not in a great place mm-hmm. or we're oh, just distracted yeah, yeah. from the eating process. We quite often can either overeat or make bad choices. And if you can identify that and be mindful of like, okay, I know I do it. I know I have a propensity to reach for the tub of ice cream when I feel I need it. Yeah. We just need to have other coping mechanisms. Yeah. Well, that, that's... You, you've hit now on the head there cope mechanisms um when we're stressed we 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 cope by having something nice right you go the, the more stressed you are usually the more the the foods that you really like you go towards so you're like oh, i've had a hard day at work and you just put on like a pie and chips and all that because yeah. you, you want to feel good yeah you want to balance it out um and and some you know you don't necessarily want to take people's coping mechanisms away you want to just maybe try and figure out what's causing this this effect is it something at work is there something bothering you that needs you to have this coping mechanism i I think you're right so there's two things here it's identifying the source of your stress and seeing if you can manage it yeah right can you manage your stress at work in a different way sometimes you can't maybe you can't yeah but then it's also identifying that you have this this coping mechanism through food yeah and then say okay i I can't change my stress or Mm -hmm. i can but if i do have the stress how do i what's my predetermined way yeah of going for the tub of ice cream yeah when i feel i need it Mm -hmm. and it's not because i'm I'm hungry it's not because i need the calories it's because i need comfort yeah how am i going to get comfort whether it be with food or not food Mm -hmm. if you can find it without food it better if you're going to do it with food, what other foods can give you that kind of warm, cuddly feeling yeah. without it being so calorie dense and so high high in sugar? Well, and there are things like for me, I I have stressful days, yeah. but I guess I've I've corrected my relationship with with addictive foods that where I undulate are just you know I'll lean more into healthy fats. Yeah, I might have some peanut butter, uh, some almond butter with you know some dark chocolate as like. I kind of need that warm, cuddly yeah, yeah. That feeling of reward because mm-hmm. my day's been a bit stressy. That's dark chocolate, which has got no no dairy, hardly any sugar, and some mm-hmm. almond butter, which has just got almonds in it. So it's got healthy fats and yeah. some protein. And that feels indulgent to me. Yeah. And that, you know, I might have a little bit more than I normally have. But that is a better place to go instead yeah, of like yeah. cracking open the Ben and Jerry's and doing the whole tub. Exactly. So how can you create and pre-wire yeah three or four different conditions of like, what's a kind of dinner that i'm going to have that it feels indulgent but isn't as bad yeah what's a dessert or what's a snack mm. i think that's a good thing yep. and then lastly connected to this kind of rehab plan is sleep yeah and i didn't realize how hijacked i was with the lack of sleep on my decisions around food until mm-hmm. over the last year i've corrected it so it's proven and I, and I would notice, I would see this, with a lack of sleep, you are much more likely to want 
high sugar foods Mm -hmm. because you want the immediate hit of glucose to deal with the fact you're fatigued you haven't got the energy to stay up yeah or you haven't got the optimal energy to feel alive and awake so if you have high sugar food it gives you an immediate burst of Mm -hmm. blood glucose that gives you that sense that you're you've got more energy problem is your blood sugar levels peak and then they crash below normal yeah and that's where you get all over the place and get hanger and stuff sleep if you get seven to eight hours of good quality sleep a night you'll want less of a sugary breakfast yeah you'll make less bad food decisions you'll go for less of the sugar and fat cocktail foods um you'll be able to make more logical decisions yeah you know what it's like right if you have like a four hour night for whatever reason and then you get in a car, you know, you just feel a little bit foggy. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not sharp enough. Yeah. You know, if you have to go to work and you haven't had enough sleep, things just, or everything feels more complicated. Yeah. Your cognitive abilities reduced massively. Yeah. That means your decision making is reduced. And what is eating? Usually it's decision making. Yeah. Good food, bad food. Healthy you're food, not so much healthy. quicker. And, and when you're tired, you go to high calorie foods to try and give you a a boost yeah so sleep can make a huge difference the way to how many calories you eat per day i mean i think sleep is just critical it is so important it should be right at the top of your priorities in order to eat better and the way i see it with with sleep is let's say you've had a good night's sleep you may have nine no's before you say one yes. So if you're looking at something, let's say you walk through Costa and you you see the glass cabinet and you look at everything, you go, no, no, mustn't have it. No, you keep saying no, you keep saying no. And then you break at the last minute before you get to two and you go, go on and I'll have the, the blueberry muffin. When you've had good night's sleep, you might have nine no's before you hit that yes. Yeah, your Whereas, standard is lower. Yeah. That's what you're saying, your standard is exactly. lower. Exactly. Whereas if I've had like four hours sleep, I've probably got, what, three no's? Yeah, that is a, good, that's a really yes. good way of saying Yeah, that. and that's yeah. the way I feel like I, I'm, I'm depleted on, on it's resolve. It's the, basically what you're describing is resolve. Your, exactly, your yeah. character and mental resolve is less. Yeah. And that's, and that, that's decision fatigue. It's mental that's fatigue. That's a real thing. Yeah. It People a, think absolutely. that's kind of something we, we, you know, we make up in the industry, but it's a real 100% thing. 100% a fatigue. real thing, man. Yeah. I, and I, I'll give you another example. Like when I've pulled out all nighters, like working, mm. or even if I'm out on a piss up, or whatever it is, but if I like just keep with the working thing, like, you know, I've got quite an addictive personality generally around like I'm a complete finisher. I start with something, I'm obsessed about it, want to finish it. Yeah. Or I might have a deadline and I might work through until one, two o'clock in the morning. Doesn't happen now anymore, but it used to happen all the time. So I'm plowing through way beyond like my my natural place of wanting to sleep. I might yeah. wanted to go to bed at eleven. This is one o'clock and I'm still like staring at my screen working. Yeah. And I would find like, like I need energy. Like because I, I want to keep going. So what do I do? I'd go into the house and I'd go and grab. I think I'm making a healthy decision. I would go and grab the fruit and nut mix. And we had a massive pot of like raisins, cranberries, yeah. dried strawberries, and like cashew nuts, peanuts, and that kind of stuff in a mix. Healthy, healthy kind of trail blend. And I'd open it up and go, okay, I just need some of this. But what I would do is I wouldn't take a handful and go back down to the office. I would take the whole tub <laughs> and I go, I'll just take what I need. Yeah, yeah. So now what's happening is I'm decision fatigued. I'm low in energy, so I need energy. I'm distracted because I'm working and the pot's open. And I'm telling you, because I've actually I've it? actually once weighed it, I've probably had 2,000 calories yeah. in one mindless sitting yeah. of eating something healthy as I'm cranking. I'm just like plowing through the nuts and nuts are so calorie dense. I've got loads of sugar and I'm just going and going and there's no cutoff switch because I'm one, not paying attention to my food to my decision-making quality yeah. just out of the window. Um, and I need it because I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. And to put that into context, context, that could literally be someone's daily calorie 2,000 calories, yeah, it's a huge amount. I could yeah. do it in just nuts. Yeah, yeah. And on, on something which I hadn't even been counting as part of my... Yeah. I wouldn't even like think I had it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because one, it was late at night, so I would have forgot about it. Well, And you think like, well, I'm up later, so I'm burning more energy. So this is just like balancing it out. Not 2,000 calories. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's such a good example because you go to, you might say to someone, so how's your diet looked? And, and they, they say, you know, I want to lose weight, but I don't seem to eat that much. I don't, and you always hear people say, I don't seem to eat that much food. But 
that's because if you you have something like a bowl of nuts and you just eat that and you don't really number one you're not processing it because you're not really thinking about it so you don't actually realize how much of it you've had and then number two although it may or it's healthy or essential fats it's highly high calories high in right? calories yeah so, nuts and got so many calories in them yeah yeah so sleep is massive right we're going to yeah. close our discussion now on just <clears throat> finishing up so we've spoken about the rehab plan which was kind of high level generic kind of ideas of what to consider let's close on some food specific recommendations yeah. and then we can wrap this one up Bryn. so this is my kind of guide um i think generally you know a lot of people in the nutrition space would agree but everyone's different mm -hmm. so Bear in mind that I'm not trying to be dogmatic. I'm just saying what's worked for me, what's worked for my family, what I see work for a lot of people. And the industry, by and large, has a similar set of recommendations. Yeah. So bear in mind I'm a foodie and I love my food and I love my flavors. Yeah. Right. Food is everything to me. It's probably like the number one priority. Like the relationship, experience, the flavors, the mouthfeel, you know, the enjoyment, the social side. It yeah. just means so much to me. Mm -hmm. So I'm not the kind of person that eats for fuel. I try and you do I, eat for enjoyment. I, I do try and like manage well, yeah. my energy levels for calorie <laughs> surplus when I'm training, but I'm eating principally for the feeling. Yeah. Because I just love eating, right? Mm -hmm. So bear that in mind. So I'm not some robot who's got massive willpower and doesn't give a shit about the taste. I fucking care about the taste a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first point is fibrous veggies. Great way to basically um, account for the fact that you're removing, say, bread, which kind of kind of fills you up and kind of like fluffs up in your stomach, mm -hmm. and that sense of like satisfaction from having bread and pasta mm -hmm. that you struggle to get with other foods. What I find compensates for that is having lots of fibrous veggies. Yeah. So what I mean by that, you know, the green, uh, like you know, the the leeks, the broccoli, the asparagus, even things like onions. Um, um, carrots, yeah, and you know, just veggies, not the the non-starchy veggies. Right, we'll yeah. talk about starches in a sec, but the non-starchy, fibrous veggies. Mm -hmm. Why they come with almost no calories? You can pack a lot of volume on your plate, like, like a bunch of tender stem broccoli, bunch of leeks, some beetroot. Like that's a big. It can make up like 70 percent of my plate, and it's a big mound. Yeah. I get through that, my body like doesn't want any more food, doesn't want any more nutrients. Yeah. It's just like I'm done. Yeah. And I've had next to no calories. Mm -hmm. I put my calories in my fats and my meats, but mm -hmm. there you can have a ton of that. And it kind of compensates for the hole that you'd otherwise have with, say, having loads of pasta. Second for me is trying to make that distinction between high GI foods, high glycemic index foods, and low. Mm -hmm. So high glycemic index foods, pasta, um, any sugary product potatoes are quite a very high in glycemic index white potatoes yeah so how can you make decisions around lower gi foods you can google lo low gi foods and it's a scale of like i think it's one to 120 or something i don't know yeah but you can find <clears throat> foods that kind of give you the same satisfaction but a slightly lower gi low mm -hmm. gi means less sugar hit which means it's going to dysregulate your blood sugar levels less Blood yeah. sugar levels are always going to undulate because that's what happens when you eat. But you just want to try and minimize that spike, yeah. especially if you're diabetic. Yeah, for sure. Um, wheat, I would yeah. say from a wheat this perspective, is a um, this is horrible to hear from most people and most people just you know, click off at this point. But I would, I would do your very best to cut out wheat. Yeah, or minimize it at least. Or oh, no, let's be specific, so, cut out gluten. Yes. Right. Gluten, so wheat has gluten. Gluten is the kind of protein that creates the inflammation, the leaky gut, the opioid receptor things that we spoke about. Yeah. And generally, wheat-based products, high in calories. Uh, you can eat a ton of it. Like I can eat a ton of pasta. I can eat the biggest mound of pasta. Yeah. Um, you try and give me alternative foods. I just can't eat as much. Mm -hmm. There's no on-off switch. Yeah. And uh, it's an easy way to get fat. So for all of those reasons... I found a way to recondition my relationship with wheat to say there's more bad than good and I can find alternative foods that give me the same feeling. Yeah. And I know as a result, I'm giving myself less digestional issues. I'm giving myself less possibility of autoimmune issues yeah. and I'm less uh, hijacked. 
by mm-hmm. this addictive substance, which is highly addictive. Yeah. So where you can, I'd look at wheat-based products, pastries, breads, pastas, and I would do your very best to make them the smallest part of your diet as you yeah. possibly can. And they're probably a large part right now. Yeah, they can be. And you've got to find a, a way to bring them down yeah. to nothing or as little as possible. Mm-hmm. And here's a top tip. If I want some kind of like bready type products in the morning, I'll have sweet potato wraps. Mm-hmm. If I want to have, um, you know, I've switched out my pastas for just having sweet potato, breads, rice, uh, sorry, no, sweet potato, <laughs> rice, and yeah, uh, normal potato. Yeah, yeah. So I've got, I've still get my carpet, just not getting a pasta. If I want bread, yeah, sourdough, sourdough bread for but sure. Proper sourdough, long fermented process, like thirty plus hour ferment fermentation sourdough that you find like a local bro- yeah. bakery has an amazing benefit. It tastes brilliant because when it tastes amazing. And you're tasting the nutrients yeah. there, right? But it, it ferments and breaks down the gluten. So that's the problem with wheat. It's not yeah. wheat in as as a whole. It's the fact it has gluten, which is this addictive substance. If you yeah. can take and eliminate the gluten through this process of fermentation, you can have it almost guilt-free. Still has high calories. Yeah. Still can be very Moorish, but you don't have the negative consequences of the gluten. Yeah. So that's the top tip. So if you're gonna have bread and you have the options, always go for sourdough. Yes, that that that's my go-to. That's yeah, my same. whole family been converted. Sure. Um, soft drinks like there's zero zero value zero value in sugary drinks, and we're talking carbonated drinks like your cokes, your Seven Ups, your all that kind of shit, your Fanta's, as well as your sugary fruit drinks, your yeah. fruit shoots, your you know, um, yeah, just all the, all those fruit based, even even like orange juice. Is the problem with orange juice, especially if it doesn't even have bits in it, is it is just got the most amount of sugar. Yeah. And it's got none of the fiber. Yeah. So like you can have an orange and you can't have like 50 oranges, but you could have a liter of Squeeze orange juice. Carton, yeah. And you get all the calories, all the sugar, but you get none of the fiber that holds back the sugar response. Yeah. So like when you have an apple, for example, it's the fiber within that reduces. The apple, yeah the spike of blood sugar <clears throat> and you can't have loads of apples yeah. but you can have loads of or- apple juice so whether it be apple juice fake um fruit juices or carbonate carbonated soft drinks honestly like find a way to fix that relationship because yeah. it's just so full of calories so full of sugar so full of like fucking up with your microbiome and creating dysbiosis doesn't add a lot of value no nutritionally or otherwise it's not filling so it's 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 a way of adding extra calories to your diet that you could do without i know so many people have lost so much weight just by fixing that like they pretty much the same but they've eliminated all their soft drinks yeah can make a huge difference actually i find this to be one of the easier things to cut out for some people um not all Quite a lot of people that I've worked with, cutting out soft drinks has not been too much of an issue. And it's a very good way of cutting your calories. Um, I don't know. I know a lot of people that like they go from Coke to Diet Coke, but they can't get rid of the Diet Coke. Yeah. And they have four or five of those a day. Some people, yes. You know, I used to grow up having Coke every single day. Did you? We had like, you know, like the litre or two litre bottles in the fridge. Yeah, yeah. And we'd have Coke with every dinner. And it was every dinner for as long as I can remember until I left home about like 22 or whatever it was and from that point i never bought soft drinks again yeah and it was just a it was a decision that we made me and michelle but up until then my life was soft drinks every day with every dinner it was part of the process insane man and and it just it's just not it's no there's no good there's no goodness i can't think of one good thing that comes with having that from a from a from a beneficial standpoint other than the fact you're addicted to it and you want it yeah 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 and you don't like the taste of water because you've been hijacked by the sugary sweetness of these drinks. Oh, bland is water like crap. without when you drink Red Bull. Or exactly. Crap. And Red Bull's one that I see. I've got a few friends that will that love Red Bull, and um, that you know I've got. I know someone that drinks three Red Bulls a day, easy, maybe four, 
I wow, see. Man. Oh my god! Like ev- just, every day, and I've known I've known this guy for years. It's got caffeine in it, and taurine. It's got all sorts yeah, of yeah. other shit as well. That's so not good for you, man. No, no. And 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 he's been drinking it for years, and probably on average, I'd say about three. Because I used to work with this guy. That is not good for your gut. Like, no. there's no, t- no one can think that's probably doing me good. Yeah. No one. No. So yeah, I would definitely say um, the the soft drinks you should get those out, eliminate. Um, change your food environment. That's like this seems like a one hundred and one of dieting, but yeah, like we done it when we went on the inflammatory diet. I looked through the the kids' dessert, um, you know, sweet cupboard, and Michelle had just accumulated through the years, just being nice, being a lovely mother. Like, oh, get, a, oh, I've seen this sweet treat. Get that. Get a pack yeah. of this. Get a pack of that. Open it up. It was one you could just about open it and close it because it was so full. You know, <laughs> there was too much choice to make a sensible decision. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, it was full of crap. It yeah. was just crap stuff. Mm. It might be expensive crap stuff, but they were all just shit, processed, yeah. horrible sweets. And we said, like, we, our kids, and I said, I said to Michelle, I'm gonna, I want you out of the house. When the kids out of the house, I'm gonna yeah. cull because I know if you were there you would have prevented me from doing this because I knew how strong the pull was to that cupboard. Yeah. I said, I'm going to have to do this by myself. I'm going to get rid of it and I'm going to bin all this stuff. Yeah. And then we're gonna... So I'd done that. I come home and Michelle was in bits because she's like, what the fuck are the kids going to eat for dessert? Like, you've taken everything away. Kids can't be kids anymore. I'm like, I think you're giving them less credit than they deserve. Mm. So I said to them, girls, we're going to Tesco's now. And we're going to walk around and we're going to buy you some new desserts, some really good, really nice stuff. Yeah. And we found some crimbles. I got them some dark chocolate, like the lower percentages. And so we're going to try that with a little bit of like caramel on it. We found three or four different things that kind of fit the profile. Yeah. And we're going to make you um, like um, fruit with some yogurt for dinner. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to make you strawberries dipped in dark chocolate for dessert. Yeah, and all of a sudden they're like, "Wow!" Yeah. They were like, "They're really excited about the thing." And then they started going through over the first week. Like, I'm really liking these desserts. Yeah, yeah. And as a result, we've now we now make homemade apple crumble, homemade crumbles. Um, we've made a few different kind of homemade desserts without the preservatives and yeah. the engineered flavors, and they taste amazing, amazing. They've fallen in love with raw honey now, and they love it. Locally sourced raw honey. Mm-hmm. Have them dipped in certain things. They'd love it. So there is a way to get yourself out of the process you stuff, but you're, you're going to have to start with a massive coal. And you you see it; it sounds looks very dramatic. You feel like well, I'm, I don't want to waste my money because I might have spent like hundred quid's worth of yeah. crap in the house that we haven't yet eaten. But don't, if you if, if, if you, you wait if you knew it was it. trash, yeah. just because it's a hundred quid, you still want to put hundred quid's worth of trash in your body. Your yeah. body's worth worth more than hundred quid. Yeah, eliminate it. No, it's not there reset yeah I, I, i'll go agree? as far as saying there's not much point in trying to go through this process without changing your environment and getting rid of it because there's no point locking it away in a cupboard where you know it is but it's outside it's still there. You, you know it's still there all like, it takes is opening the cupboard and getting it down and it's yeah there, and now it's in your life and again. all it takes is a bad day like yes it, and that, that will happen and it does happen so and no true. one has superman um willpower go back to don't. that emotional eating thing right if if you know that you succumb to emotional eating yeah. and you've got five tubs of Haagen-Dazs in the fridge, in the freezer, that's calling at you. Yeah, Even yeah, if sure. you've gone through the first couple of weeks of abstaining, it's still there. Yeah. Once it's not there, you can't make that decision anymore. Exactly. And you know what? Like you could still go to the shop and buy it, but and and you may do that, but it's still an extra barrier that you hit that's in it's the way. It's a decision. Yeah. Like, which is you is, can't impulsively without thinking eat it you have to go i'm gonna to to put my jacket on yeah put my shoes on i have to go oh, to the shop i have oh, to get in the car like it's not worth it yeah so i i really think this this is such a big tool yeah to kind of getting yourself in a good place but it requires you accepting you're going to throw some money down the drain but you're doing it in the spirit of one you managing course, your body yeah. weight two managing your addiction and three managing optimal wellness and i think that's worth whatever you're going to throw away. And I think throwing food away, there's a lot of guilt with that because you're wasting food. And a lot of people don't like wasting food, but when you. when you start to see things that are highly processed as not food, 
then you don't feel quite so guilty about it because when when you think of the process it's gone through it's not really food anymore really mm-hmm. um and that's the way i think of it if i do get rid of something and it's just crap i just think you know what it's not it's not good for anyone really so i, I'm not, I don't feel too guilty oh yeah um redefine <laughs> your breakfast that's another uh, thing for me it's been a biggie so if i think about my previous breakfast habits they would be almost always some kind of cereal mm-hmm. usually with extra sugar on the top um kids would be the same or they would have flapjacks or something like that um obviously some people go to town with the sweets and they do like pancakes and syrups and all kind of all kind of stuff or people might have bread like toast and stuff like that the problem is when you have a high carb snack or meal yeah without a disproportionate balance of protein to balance out that carbs it will just create blood sugar spiking and hanger and the need to mm. eat again within the next one or two hours. You know, you've been there, right? You have a you have a bowl full of sugar puffs or shredded wheat or yeah. shreddies or cornflakes. You're not full. Mm. It's just kind of like taking the edge off of it. Within an hour or two, you want to eat again. Yeah. If you're trying to control calories, it's not a good place to be to eat and then want to eat again within two hours. Yeah. So... For me, I found the best way to control my my kind of calorie amount, my overall calorie consumption, is to redefine breakfast. For me, breakfast is either nothing or a liquid kind of protein breakfast shake. Yeah. Or if I am going to have breakfast, which is seldom, go cook up some eggs, yeah. some scrambled eggs, or like some poached eggs. And, you know, a little bit of meat and stuff, maybe a tiny sliver of bread. But it the focus now is either nothing or proteins and fats first. Mm-hmm. If you're having carbs, it's it's a secondary part of that breakfast. If yeah. you can do that, you'll be satiated for longer. Even if you eat nothing, you'll next want to eat later. Yeah. It's a weird, crazy thing, but it works. Yeah, I I had this morning a protein shake with some coconut oil and some caffeine in there i'm not going to eat i've decided today i'm not going to eat until dinner i done it yesterday it was easy yeah. easy but if i had like if i yammed forward bun- down a bunch of cornflakes i'd be hungry i'd be starving right now mm-hmm. yeah have you noticed that do you do you notice that in your breakfast yeah i i i do tend to skip breakfast quite often now i didn't before i'd always feel that i had to have breakfast kind of drilled into us when we kids yeah, have to have breakfast into us, yeah um, it's been a big marketing and social push that breakfast is yeah. the most important meal of the, the day but you right? know what 10 o'clock i'm my head's dropping and my eyes are going because i'm just like i'm having this crash and then i want something to pick me up um i don't tend to get that anymore because i make better choices when i do have my um breakfast so i usually have eggs and i usually have something that's not going to spike my um sugar levels too much but i'm also not afraid to skip breakfast also because not having breakfast as you say it's got some got some upsides exactly so i don't find i need to have breakfast anymore that's good quite often i wake up and go i don't feel like eating i'm just going to skip breakfast maybe have a bigger lunch bigger dinner um and then i can snack a little bit more in between so yeah yeah, for me, I, I I definitely find making starting my day right is important. That's exact. That is the point, right? It's starting your day right. Yeah. It's making choices which you know are going to be nutritious for you. If you're going to eat, mm-hmm. have some nutrition that your body wants. Yeah, exactly. And think about satiation. Think about is this food going to fill me up and keep me full and fueled, or is this food just going to drive me to want to eat again very quickly? Yeah. Like within an hour or so, because if it does that, that's not productive. Because not only yeah. have you had the calories, you're going to need to have more calories again very quickly afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. And that unfortunately is like the cereal industry just does it for you. Um, home cooked as much as possible. So when we're talking about food specifics, look, there's gluten and sugar lurking in pretty much every packaged product you can buy. And I know that sounds overly dramatic, but it's fucking true. Um, if you look on the label, of almost anything that you buy, mm. there'll be breadcrumbs or some kind of wheat derivative um, or some sugar or some sugar derivative. You'll probably not recognize that sugar exists because they call it a million different things yeah, and then chemical names, but it exists. Same with gluten. All of your pasta, all your pasta sources will have gluten. Yeah. All of your um, 
powdered sauces mm-hmm. will have gluten in it. Um, obviously, all the bread-based, yeah, pasta-based, you know, pa- pastry-based things are going to have gluten in there. A lot of your, all your cookies are going to have gluten. You know, as you look through the list of uh, things you can pick off on a shelf, yeah, in a supermarket, the super majority of anything packaged, other than the, the vegetables, are going to have one of those two things. Yeah. So, home cooked food, one doesn't have to be taxing. Two doesn't have to be excessively expensive. Three doesn't have to take a long time. The Adaptation Food Diary is exactly the whole premise behind why we put this together was to encourage people wanting to cook from scratch mm-hmm. within 30 minutes from start to finish, including prep time. Yeah. Put together foods that are nutritious, tasty, give you all the enjoyment facts for foods that you'd otherwise like, are good for you and don't have all these hidden nasties. Yeah. And you can have the same experiences, but you're now in control of what goes in. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have all these, you know, numbered, you know, synth- synthetic ingredients, yeah. all these artificial flavors, all these engineered flavors. It has what you put in it. Mm. And I think that's such a better place to live. And on that basis, we, we created something called the Food Butler, which has now taken, I don't know if you've seen this, we've taken the Adaptation Food Diary and we mm. put a, basically a tool in front of it. Okay. That enables you to say, these are the ingredients I have or like. Yeah. This is the meal time, like dinner or lunch. Yeah, I'll, I'm willing to put in a bit of effort today or I want it to be really easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it has to be gluten-free or it has to be lactose-free. You can select all the criteria. Categorizing. And it will pull up the Adaptation Food Diary meals that match that criteria. Okay. So say, for example, you've got salmon that runs out tonight and you want to have dinner. And you're willing to, you know, put medium effort in. Mm-hmm. You put those criteria in, and it'll pop up all the adaptation meals that fit that profile. Okay, yeah, it's fucking it's awesome. Idea. I'll check that out. And the intent, the intent really is to help encourage um, inspiration at the moment. Yeah, right. Instead of like just throwing you loads of like lovely tasting foods, and hey, you've just eaten, or you don't have the ingredients that day, or you're not in the mood, it goes past. Yeah, but if you've got a tool to say this is the criteria in which I want my food to look for lunch or dinner or or breakfast, yeah, yeah, these are the options I can have. These are the ingredient list. These are the benefits. These are the calories. These are the macros. Okay, cool. I'll I'll go make that. So home cooked home cooked foods don't have to be a ball ache. No, they don't have to be this thing only for people with excessive kitchen skills. Most of the foods that Michelle makes, which have now been codified and shared with people, so you, you're leveraging her creativity. Yeah, We're not asking you to be creative, albeit if you are creative, even better. Mm-hmm. Just asking you to spend 30 minutes in the kitchen yeah. and put a few things together, leverage your flavors and your spices and simple cooking processes. We're not surveying anything. We're not tenderizing stuff. Yeah. You know, it's half an hour, mostly on the hob or a little bit in the oven. But for the most part, half an hour from the moment you get in the kitchen to the moment you serve the plate, you're done. Hey, you know, put something in the microwave and that's fucking around before and afterwards. It might be 20 minutes, yeah. 10 minutes more and you cook something that is great. It's for all you. about keeping it simple, right? Keeping it simple and quick. So I'll definitely check out the, the food butler. Yeah. It's bloody awesome I'm yeah quite, I'll, I'll have a look at that i'm quite um quite proud of myself <laughs> um and then the last two things on this food specifics are sweet treats so when you think about sweets you know we're talking about the having a food coal so eliminate the the crappy shit right you know what they are instead what <laughs> where can you go to get your fix i've got a, a few ideas for me dark chocolate has been my savior mm-hmm. um almond butter and dark chocolate is a killer combination um fruit a piece of fruit if you want a bit you know a nice you know get some really really nice and ripe blackberries yeah, or yeah. strawberries and like wow they yeah. sing right especially if they're locally sourced they, they've got ample sugar and give you that feel-good feeling dark chocolate and strawberries perfect yeah um we made a homemade crumble put it up on the adaptation food diary just a couple of days ago gluten-free so this hasn't got breadcrumbs. This is oats, um, brown sugar, honey, loads of blackberries and apples. But that's it. Mm. Homemade, no other shit in there at all. So sweet, so delicious. And had it with a little bit of coconut 
um, yeah. yogurt, or the kids had Halo Top um, ice cream. Yeah, whey yeah. whey ice cream. Brilliant, man. Like there are so many different options that don't involve you buying this packaged shit. And like when you make a crumble, last you can ask you like for a couple, four or five days. Yeah, and that's your dessert for four or five days. It just takes takes a bit, a little bit more creativity, a little bit more effort. Like it, it, it took ten minutes to prep and twenty five minutes in the oven. Yeah, like not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So thirty five minutes, you've made a dessert for the rest of the week. It tastes yeah. lovely, man. Yeah, yeah. And it keeps. I bet it sounds lovely. Keeps. The last is dairy. So I, I would say there's, there's there there is a big um, lactose intolerance or lactose sensitivity generally. I don't think we're necessarily designed to have cow's milk. Like, just call it out for what it is. The the pro, you know, the, the protein doesn't match the kind of milk that we would get from our mothers. It's quite a bit different. Mm-hmm. We've learned to adapt and consume the food. And if we have lactase, which is the enzyme, we can break it down. A lot of people don't have enough lactase for the amount of lactose they consume, and therefore you'll get like phlegmy throat. You'll mm-hmm. feel like indigested. You'll feel yeah. kind of like all gooey inside. And it can cause brain fog and all so, that yeah. kind of stuff and upset stomach. On top of that, it's, you know, dairy, as we said, has got this addictive quality. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage people to think about alternative dairy sources. And here's where I would go. So for your milks, it, if it's a little bit of milk in your cup of tea and your coffee, but whatever. But if you're having lattes and cappuccinos, you might want to look at alternative milk sources like, mm-hmm. you know, almond, almond milk, milk yeah. coconut milk that kind of thing yeah because they taste good and they've got nutritional value um if you are having straight milk like if you like to drink milk straight i would do the similar kind of thing yep. like alternative milk sources and then you get to your cheeses so when you <laughs> when you get to your cheeses like look i'm not saying cheddar's evil i would definitely try and limit your cheddar yeah and i'd be looking at different types of cheeses that come from better sources so for example goat's cheese, goat's cheese so halloumi feta yeah soft goat's cheese these goats the milk protein from goats the dna is almost identical to humans milk dna yeah therefore from a digestibility standpoint a lot easier to work system. with yeah creates less subsex stomach issues um less intense though right the flavor yeah. is definitely less intense but you can get accustomed to that, mm, you know, yeah. a little bit of a transition. So, you know, for me, I don't limit dairy completely. We have dairy in our lives. Okay. Um, if we do have milk, we go for A2 milk. Yes. Yes. Yeah, what so we have. A1, yeah. A1 milk is the, the, the majority of milk that you have available today. Mm-hmm. A1 is just the type of protein that normal cows produce. But you can find certain cows that produce A2 milk. And it's basically unmutated cow milk, which um, we can digest a little bit better. Yeah, better for the digestive system. So you have to specifically find A2 milk. Yeah. There's a brand called A2 milk, or you have to look for A2 milk. Mm-hmm. But it generally um, doesn't create the inflammatory response that normal milk can do. And A2 milk is starting to crop up now in your main supermarket. It's all in all in our in, big supermarket around Tesco's the corner, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's and like if, if you go in Australia, for example, it's massive in Australia. Is like it? it's just like dominant. Like you can go into any coffee shop and mm-hmm. say, "Can I have A2 milk?" And they're like, "Yeah, of course." Yeah. Or like, "Can I have almond milk?" Of course. Whereas you can go into some coffee shops around here in the UK, and you look at their milk alternatives, and they might have soy milk, which has got loads of estrogen. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. So it's definitely changing. Yeah. So We're catching up. And. Alternative milk sources like almond milk, I mean, honestly, don't taste that much different. Yeah. It really doesn't. And it's better for you. You can get the barista almond milk now. Yeah. So you can get some of those which you can put, let's say, in a latte, put it in there. Take- to be fair, you don't really notice. But there, there is a difference. There's a difference, but, but you don't notice a huge difference. It's not in- a big enough difference to say this is not worth the transition. Yeah, yeah. So, Bryn, I know I've done a ton of talking. We're going to break this. Uh, we have broken this up into two episodes. But I, I think we covered a lot. We yeah. covered off why certain foods are drug-like mm-hmm. and the fact that they are. We covered like the flavor type and flavor profiles. We covered flavor being a label and a guide to nutrition, and we should respect that. We spoke at length about engineered and processed foods and yeah 
how they're hijacking our system. We spoke about the most common addictive foods. We explained why they're addictive and the things that are going on chemically within our body. We spoke about the rehab plan, which is that higher level set of decisions and kind of actions you yeah. can take to control your relationship with addictive foods. And we just finished as 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 we just finished there with yeah. the specific type of food choices you can make to support that plan. That, my friend, is my monologue the done. Roadmap. Yes. <laughs> is there anything else? Um, that you want to close on to kind of continue to humanize this and make it relatable? Because I know I'm a lot in my head. Has it yeah. has it clicked with you? Are there bits here that you feel that, you know, I'm missing the mark or need to be further ex explored? I mean, for, you've just gone into the, the depth and the detail as to why we struggle co to control our emotions or our addictions around food. Um, but the way I see it, ultimately, it, it boils down to keep it simple, um, understanding everything that you've just explained and knowing the why behind it. But knowing that what we're trying to say is that just eat real food and limit the processed food that you're eating um, and understand why we're getting addicted to foods and why we may struggle to, to limit our calories when we need to to lose weight. I think you bang on that. That is it. Yeah, I, I'm, I have a propensity to give the why yeah and for some people people don't need the why they just need that need to know the what yeah but for people that need the emotional and the logical reasoning to mm -hmm. give them the push to make the decision yeah they realize the consequence and the benefit of changing this might be what some people need so they can actually make the transition yeah. but the instinct is right eat whole natural foods home cook limit it limit the engineered and artificial foods and flavors yeah and you're onto a winner. And I think managing your relationship with food becomes a lot simpler when you're not being hijacked constantly. Yeah. There you go, guys. Cool. All righty, guys. Listen, thanks for um, listening to this episode. Let us know if there's anything that didn't jibe right and you want to kind of explore things in any more detail. And look, Adapt Nation is all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. Thank you, guys. Cheers, guys. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.